that is kind of neat. My name's up there now. Kind of cool. Broadcasting live on uh, YouTube and recording a podcast at the same time. Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. And uh, this here is my daily audio podcast. I do try to broadcast uh, live every day from well, from here in Beijing, China. Uh, and I uh, broadcast, broadcast this up into the interwebs. And I also uh, publish this podcast uh, online through my website, stephensersky.com, is where I host all the archives of it. Uh, but I also host it on anchor.fm, streaming live on YouTube as well. If you're wondering... Um, some of the connections that are involved with uh, you know, living where I am. It's actually something I was researching today because uh, in the next couple of months there's going to be the uh, elections coming up and there's always a bit of, um, well, can we say information highway interruptions. So I was looking at some alternative ways to connect to the outside world, uh, outside of China basically. And there does seem to be other ways. Some of them you have to pay for, and there's other ways that you you shouldn't have to, technically, because the people who built these networks in the first place didn't always have access to... Uh, well, they didn't have access to the same amount of server space and everything. Then again, maybe they had access to you know other networks that aren't so um, known. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, if maybe they had a friend who worked at a university or a friend who worked for a telecom provider or something who could give them, uh, you know, an, an IP address or something or a port to patch into. So I was looking into this and thinking uh, it might be worthwhile spending some time learning a little bit more about how these internet connections work. Uh, if not for that reason, then for some other reasons, just, you know, it's kind of interesting to find out you know, how much is actually possible? Um, I know there is one program that uh, if it's, if I don't know how it's used. I looked up, oh, it's called Splunk. And hackers use this and uh, computer enthusiasts use this quite a bit actually. Uh, where they can, if I'm not sure if Splunk uh, creates the link or something. But it's part of phishing scams. So if you ever get a phishing link, this is one of the reasons why you never click on a phishing uh, or on a link that someone sends you. Uh, through like an unsolicited link and even still uh, I don't know if it's the same if you copy and paste or if you just click on the link because the if you click on the link without checking what the link actually is it might redirect but if you copy paste uh, something's not making sense I think because the link itself can be a redirect right Uh, as, as far as I know so it's not just the the hyperlink itself in the email it can be the um the actual like where that those letters are taking you so th- those letters that are given to you that the whatever sentence or hyperlink not the link the text of the link can point you to an address that can then be redirected to another place and that's part of your phishing scam so the software Splunk, uh, if that happens to your computer, if, it is, if it's compromised like this, it apparently sends back the information of what you've been doing on your computer for the last three days. Uh, like three days worth of history or something. I'm not sure why it's three days, if it can be changed or modified or whatever. Uh, but it sounds kind of scary. But I also wonder how much of that stuff 
Um, like, is it is it just your web browsing? Uh, is it all the files you opened? It sort of was made uh, known to me that it, it's like everything, everything, every. It's it's almost like a key logger of sorts, um, but like more of a an action logger, event logger, I guess, uh, for your computer. Interesting stuff. Um, I have no use for this. I don't need to know what people are doing. Um, and I mean, I use several different browsers and everything, and so I, I do wonder how much information would be uh, transmitted with something like that. Uh, I do know that our company routinely, uh, not routinely, they, every now and then, they do these uh, phishing tests um, to uh, see if people will click on the link. And they also check to see if people will report the link. Um, I don't. And the reason why <laughs> has to do with how... Um, we use Outlook, how Outlook use, uh, interacts with my computer. It's super slow. <laughs> and so it just takes forever to load an email. So I'm like, forget this. It's easier just to delete the thing than to report it. Because if I press the report button, it just goes blank anyway. So uh, maybe it's supposed to do that. But uh, um, the idea being that uh, any sort of... like, There's no point in me trying to follow up with this stuff because uh, I, I can't usually do anything more with the email other than just delete it. That seems to work the quickest. So I just do that. Um, anyway, in terms of learning about all these internet uh, connections and stuff like that, uh, I've been dabbling on and off with this. I, I, I'm interested in it. Um, I was also interested a little while ago uh, in building my own, what would you call it? Uh, well, it's the Raspberry Pi box. And I'm sure you've heard of this thing. It's, or the Arduino um, little like the little power PCs, little PCs that are very tiny, very cheap, and you can build systems off of this. They're not powerhouses. They can do a lot if they don't have to store a lot of information. Uh, so like text files, which is all what your internet connections are, is just te text files, uh, or because it's just passing through information, it doesn't have to store any of that. It's not processing anything. The reason why these computers uh, today are so expensive are because the CPUs and the GPUs and the speaker systems that are um, implemented inside, uh, and, and you know the encasings and stuff like that, f cooling technology. I mean, that's the stuff that's making it expensive. Like some of the uh, you know one or two terabyte um, SSD hard drives. Those are what drive up the cost. Now, Raspberry Pi, I mean, it's a bare-bones computer. You can It's a computer chip on a motherboard. That's it, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, two connections. There you go. Ethernet in, Ethernet out, um, and uh, some power. Uh, I think that's, I mean, you don't need too much more attached to those things. I mean, maybe a keyboard, if you like. A keyboard, peripherals, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you can usually hook up any number of other things that you have lying around with it. So... Bluetooth, I'm not sure. Good question. Very good question whether you can Bluetooth Raspberry Pi. I'm sure you can. Uh, I mean, of course, there's different builds for these Raspberry Pis and stuff like that. I've never done this. Um, it's an interest. It's At what point do these interests become just like distractions from, you know, what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? If I have time, I'd like to tinker around with it a little bit, but uh, not just yet. The, the, the larger concern would be actually one of the concerns I have is increasing my internet speed. Because I'm not sure if it's the Wi-Fi, the Ethernet, the assisted internet connection, or if it's like the the, the literally the the cables going into the compound. Before I've said that it is the, the cables going into the compound, I might be incorrect. Um, 
and that if I could find another way of connecting to, uh, you know, sort of a, I guess you would call it a proxy server, to upload things like my videos, I mean, then I could, it should be a lot easier to, um, you know, upload stuff without having to go through so many connections in between. Right, so that, that's sort of what I'm looking to do, uh, is to make my life a little, a little bit easier in that sense. I haven't done anything just yet. Uh, was looking at the cost. I know there are a few, uh, like Linode, and it's Dreamcast, I think is the other one. These are sort of cloud storage um, companies that you can in, uh, install, in, install uh, these different protocols and stuff like that that can help you connect uh, from around the world and it's not just from where where I am it's you know from other places as well that you know if you're behind enemy lines or something like that and you're using uh what was it Rus mobile might be a bad idea if you're typing in Ukrainian or English right you might want to use another different type of uh, connection just for example or if you're flying a drone that's uh, surveying you know the Ukrainian battlefront um, might not want to be using a public uh, Wi-Fi network sort of thing. Could be uh, encrypting things a little bit. Just some examples, right? Uh, anyway, uh, so today, yesterday I was saying that it was going to be a rest week and uh, my body has enforced a rest week upon me as I don't know what I did. I know what I did. I tweaked my back. Uh, but uh, this morning was the uh, skipping balls uh, workout. So it's um, three rounds, uh, 12 minutes, one minute each of one minute skipping, followed by one minute of uh, medicine ball medicine ball variations. Uh, typically, they include like um, well, they can be squats, they could be uh, wood choppers, they could be uh, swings, they could be uh, like side to side uh, rotations. Uh, they can be uh, like wall balls, like throwing it up and down and everything, um, things like that, or pikes and stuff like that. Pretend slams. Now today, I was uh, I was feeling a little bit, uh, you know, lethargic, okay, not a problem, so I was like, okay, let's go half half power, I think that's what contributed to the, the injury, actually, is because I wasn't going full, and so as a result, I was trying to slow down my movements, which then just sort of caused problems, because I was trying to slow down things, and wasn't moving as I normally would, and as a result, uh, around the, the last medicine ball, uh, set for the first round I felt the you know I felt the back stiffen up a little bit it's, it doesn't feel like skeletal or anything it feels more like it's just a strain uh so I, I came back and I did three rounds anyway as like I the, the next two rounds I just took it easy I didn't do as much stuff with my back or I did stuff that was focused only on the back like to move it in that uh specific way other than that um I mean I was hobbling around all day today it did take me my afternoon. I didn't do my my afternoon my secondary workout because uh, I'm like that's just not going to happen. Uh, so I did take uh, take it easy today. Hobble around the uh, apartment quite a bit, uh, and uh, yeah. So this week will be a bit more gentle. I uh, I was thinking because this has happened at least twice before. Not the same way though. The I remember I think it was last year I did a kettlebell swing and I seemed to tweak my back and that seemed more inside the spine a couple months ago i think i did the same thing um, and i haven't checked how often this is happening uh because like, i would actually sort of wonder i'd like to know if maybe this is something to do with uh overtraining or if it's something along the lines of 
I do need to be scheduling in these sort of half weeks, these uh, half power weeks, rest weeks, every six weeks is what, I mean, I know um, it's pretty common actually to do this. I haven't been because I don't really track my workouts, uh, but seeing as though I've tweaked my back again, and, and I remember the last time I did, I kind of go, well, is this something I should be paying attention to a little bit more in my uh, my workout uh, routine? Not, not to mention, I mean, there's a few other little tweaks that have been happening as well that have been kind of working through uh, rehabbing uh, on my, my off days, like Tuesdays, Thursdays, doing some mobility work to sort of keep things going. But it might be that you just need to take some time off and let the body... Uh, heal on its own. I do. I am a little bit concerned about this because I don't want to lose the gains. Not that I've had so many incredible gains, uh, but uh, I guess the the biggest concern would be is uh, would it be weight gain or would it be? It wouldn't be so much muscle loss. It would be more. Can I temper my eating to fit into the rest week? Right. So I'm not gonna lie. Um, as of late, well, this, we made a uh, birthday kick on the weekend, and I've been having ice cream and everything with it, so I've been eating that for the last week. Uh, and that was, I'm not going to, ice cream has become a, you know, one of the things I have on a regular basis uh, after dinner. So uh, these, and couple that uh, with a couple beers prior to that. I mean, this doesn't sound like someone who's uh, going to be getting a six-pack anytime soon, I know. Uh, unless, of course, there are other ways to sort of accommodate these foods in the uh, the routine, uh, not to eliminate them completely. Because uh, what's life without ice cream and beer? Well, even with you know without ice cream, I think that would be like, are you kidding me? Then like, what the hell am I training for if I can't have ice cream? Right? It's not that bad for you, is it? I don't know, but I do know. It's I mean, it's sugar and milk, and I know milk has fat and a uh, lot of uh, carbs in it. But I mean. That's not going to kill you. It's going to be the sugar content that's uh, really bad, uh, or at least very high in that uh, in that dessert, in that food stuff. Can we call it a food stuff? Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's going to be a bit of a lighter week, I guess. Uh, we'll see if I'm okay to go for um, maybe a half-power um, CrossFit Murph on Friday morning. Even just, you know, doing a couple rounds, nice light. doesn't have to be full out. Uh, just more to keep the schedule going. So it wouldn't be so much to completely take the time off. It would be more along the lines of, I still want to have that routine of getting up and going, getting out of the apartment, um, going for even just a nice little jog, a nice little run, uh, very slow, like it doesn't have to take... I, I think uh, my warm-up runs are usually 10 minutes 30 for a mile or something like that. Uh, again, a mile is 1.6 kilometers. And uh, so, so not disrupting the flow, not disrupting the routine, but just cutting back on the, the exertion. Like, so it, I don't have to do the, the same amount of exertion every time. One, so, so last week I actually bought a, a, a steel mace. Um, I also bought a, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's not a weight belt. It's uh, something where you can attach weights to it and put it around your hips, and then you can do pull-up bars and, and dips with that, pull-ups and dips with it, uh, and that way it's a lot, uh, it, it gets, I guess it's an extra 
challenge or something. Um, helps build your upper body a little. And it's a little bit different than the weight vest uh, in that uh, the weight vest puts a lot more of the uh, the weight on the top of your, your body, on your shoulders. Uh, whereas um, this puts it on the lower extremities and you are using more of your upper body to lift the, the heavier bottom mass. At least that's how I understand uh, this, I'm going to call it a weight belt. This uh, weight chain belt thing that I can put my kettlebells on and do pull-ups with. So, uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a, uh, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> uh, I was kind of waiting. I was going, I was actually going to use it today because these are the days where I do these, these slow pull-ups and stuff like that. These slow workouts, uh, that, uh, typically, um, uh, occupy my, my afternoon workouts. And I got thinking it might be a good idea if, if I do front load, the uh, morning workouts, I eliminate the heavy lifting in the afternoon, and instead uh, replace that with more mobility work. So doing uh, more light stuff, even if it's light weights. Uh, before I used to reserve that for uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, it might be something that I have to do, you know, every day of the week or something like that, and then just go uh, heavy and hard. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, uh, something along those lines. The I was thinking, um, actually, the one thing that was I was wondering about this because if I start doing that, at what point do you? Where does it become like mobility, strength training, and is it enough to keep on doing three days a week heavy? And then on the off days, you also do your sort of extended intermittent fast. So so now instead of eating at like 8.30 or 9 o'clock on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, push that off to like 11.30. As long as I finish eating, stay with me here, finish eating Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If I finish eating by 6 p.m. and I don't eat again until 11.30 a.m. the next day, I mean, we're getting a decent chunk of... Uh, so-called intermittent fasting in that time, uh, and that uh, that should help put the body in the fat-burning stage and help cut down fat, but not necessarily weight. How much you don't apparently, apparently you don't lose much strength on this, uh, but uh, given that I have been slowing down on my afternoon workouts already, I kind of wonder. You know, it's probably time to change something up anyway uh, and try out something. Uh, you know, a little bit more of a a new routine. Yeah, let's try it out, I guess. I mean, it'd be easier than trying to get re-motivated to go work out again Monday, like in the afternoons. Uh, I could still do a run, but then just come back and do some mobility work after that and then not have to worry about uh, uh, doing too much uh, in terms of, um, you know, strength training or anything like that. Maybe keep Mondays as still uh, a heavy and hard day uh, but then Wednesday, Fridays become uh, a little bit more of a, you do heavy workout in the morning, and in the afternoon you do some uh, mobility work, and then couple that with like Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, well, those are your um, HSK5 flashcard training days. <laughs> Got to train the brain muscle too, right? Uh, all right, so I've gone on about, uh, what, uh, internet connections today, building your own computer uh, while you're living in behind um, enemy lines, behind restricted internet lines, 
uh, and also a lot about my current workouts and everything about my my back pain that uh, uh, has disabled me from, um, well, doing any more today uh, instead of hobbling around my uh, uh, apartment. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I I hope you enjoyed that 20-minute spiel about the internet and uh, some physique talk. Uh, Maybe uh, you guys uh, can use some of that in your own workouts. I know some people who listen to this do work out. Other people know the idea of working out, but they don't. Uh, Or they might not do the same type of workouts as the the other people who do. So anyway, if you can, uh, well, keep at it. And I don't know, let me know. Do you do six weeks on, one week off? Does that seem like a a reasonable approach uh, to training? And do you you track your training schedule? I'm curious. Do other normal people who like aren't influencers online do they actually track what they do every every day and and even if you're not maybe do these influencers becoming an influence do you have to track what you're doing <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking about this like what if i started could maybe question okay becoming not becoming an influencer but posting stuff online i go first of all i don't do enough variation in my workouts to justify it second of all i'm not paying attention about recording at that time i just like getting the workout in and done and i like these things to be functional as i've said before so all that being said is that i do tend to do the same workouts quite a bit with very little variation instead focusing on executing those exercises and workouts to the best of my abilities and getting stronger at them each and every week and it also takes the thinking out of it, to tell you the truth. If I were to start posting videos online about the workouts and stuff like that, I think it'd become a little bit mafanla. It'd be a little bit troublesome. Because then it's like, all of a sudden, you go, oh, well, you know, he's been, he's been doing the same kettlebell sign for the last 10 weeks. <laughs> what else can he do? Nothing. Because that's all you have to do. If you're, I mean, you stick with the plan. Don't overcomplicate things, right? Anyway, intermittent, intermittent fasting build your own computer, get in the fat burning stage, six weeks on, one week off, let me know. What do you guys think? All right, folks, show notes, tracks, and vids up on uh, my website, stevensterski.com. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.